All right. Um, I'm recording on my end. You're good on your end? Yes. All right, cool. So let's do this. All right, we're just going to get rolling then. Um, cool. All right, here we go. <coughs> you ready? <laughs> okay. All right. Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome to the Stay for the Stories podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Elijah. Joining me today is the global, international, super spy, model, turned, competitive athlete, slash Viking, Lucy Beatrix. Hey. Wow. <laughs> Thanks for go. having me on the show, Jacob. What an introduction. Yeah, yeah right? It was a Viking one. Like, you're, you have a, a standing... And like a standing spot in the new Amazon series, The Vikings, right? Yeah, that, like show, the, that's, like that show is, hits a little too close to home. I can't even watch it because I'm like, ah, I don't need to watch it. It is my life. It's your life. That's so <laughs> weird. I just thought about that too. Like, is it on Amazon, by the way? I don't it's even on, know. It's uh, on HBO. Ooh, that's like prime time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's like, if you want to be on any show on any network or channel, is HBO. Yeah. Um, how did you get that nickname, by the way? Um, I wanna, so I wanna... the funny thing about that nickname is that like when my family did their ancestry on my mom's side, my dad was Polish, okay. like 100 percent Polish. But on yeah. my mom's side, my mom's sister went and did our ancestry lineage and found out that we were related to the very first Viking king of Denmark and. Ever since then, when we found that out, we ran with it. And for me, mm -hmm. I was like, uh, this explains a lot because the Viking women were warriors and fought oh, in okay. battle. And so mm -hmm. I kind of embodied that and was like, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So you're saying that you're a warrior yeah. is what you're saying. Yeah. And That's I think dope. I, I mean, I think I have that in me <clears throat> a little bit. Yeah, for sure. You can, you can uh, slay dragons, I feel like. Absolutely. What, so wait, but when, is that like a nickname you had growing up? No, no, I mean, like I, only found out, I only found out about the Viking thing a couple years ago. And when I started, oh. when I literally the same time I started running was when I found that out. And I kind of, it, it made sense that like I could come into running kind of later in life and start running fast and far. And I was like, well, I have like this, I don't know, fast genetic uh, intensity. that I think it, like it kind of made sense with like this athletic endeavor. Mm. You went from runway to running yeah yeah good one mm. you never <laughs> heard that before i just thought about that i'm My, surprised that that's not your tagline oh trust me on every a lot of people have said it and i'm like oh good wow. one good one Man, i thought i was the first i genuinely felt i thought i was the first one um that's cool yeah i had many nicknames growing up a lot of them football or oriented so were you a football player it's a, some i think so if I remember correctly, if I haven't shared the story enough, uh, did yeah. Did you get hit player. in the head a lot? Nah, I did most of the hitting actually. Surprisingly, really? if you can believe that. Huh. Yeah, I was like a different. People used to make not make fun of me, but it was like a, it was a known fact pretty much that like I was a different person playing football than I was, like off the field. Like I am me now, but then when I play football and you talk about Viking. <laughs> nap like competitiveness yeah. and the instinct in your blood like yeah mm -hmm. that was me as a football player when you when the lights turned on and the whistle blew i was a uh, like a 180 i was a totally different person as a competitor competitive athlete hmm. um so how did you get into modeling like so uh. this is your tell me your story from runway to running my transition um, from modeling to running yeah um, but really so start, i want to know 
I want to know how you got into modeling and then, yeah, the transition over. Yeah. So I was um, working in a gift shop in high school um, at a like a store by my high school when I was 15 and a half. And um, my I was a sophomore in high school and my I was sitting in the shop and this lady came in and was like, you could be a model. And this is in St. Louis, Missouri. So in the Midwest. Oh, OK. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. And um, I, you know, I didn't know. You know, people would say that maybe here and there growing up, but this person actually took a photo of me and sent it to the people who had scouted um, Ashton Kutcher and a bunch of other um, like uh, models and stuff. And so like known celebrities and known. Yeah. And like one thing quickly led to the next. And before I knew it, um, I had a contract with an agency in Chicago. And so when I was 16, I was already starting to work for catalogs and stuff um, through my agency in Chicago. And then by the time I was 18, I came to New York. Well, first I worked in, Euro in Europe a little bit while I was still in high school. Um, and then I went to New York with all of the magazines that I had shot for in Europe. And by the time I was 18, I signed with Ford, which was like the biggest agency in New York or one of the top modeling agencies. And then for the next decade, um, I just worked as a model and uh, did all the jobs. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I pretty much like, that was my that was my livelihood, that's how I paid my own rent, that's how I yeah. um, made a way for myself in New York. And then um, after a good like run with that, <laughs> um, I just found myself clinging to other things that made me happy. And mm -hmm. like th like things that I actually wanted to do, because modeling was great, it was, it was a good job, but it wasn't like where mm -hmm. my heart was. Um, yeah. So I simultaneously transitioned to the other side of the camera working in a photo studio at the same time that I got really serious about my running and just started running harder and harder and faster and faster and learning like the ropes and stuff and then got really competitive with <laughs> it. And mm -hmm. that's where I am today. Wow. A lot to digest. That's yeah. a cool, that's a pretty cool story, if you ask me. It's pretty but, crazy. So, okay. <laughs> but like, so, okay. So let's go way back to when you were first being scouted. So, okay. Story time. You ready? I was, yeah. I was one of the guys that modeled for Tommy Hilfiger, or tried out for Tommy Hilfiger in the mall. Oh dear! Uh, walking the runway. Why um, didn't you get yeah. the Why didn't you get the Tommy Hilfiger campaign? Oh no no no! I got it. Or like they wanted me to do it. Like I I don't know how. Maybe elementary school or like middle school. I really don't know when. It's a lo such a long time ago. What what? So I did this little thing in the mall. They set up the runway. You know how it is. And then you walk. And then like you just strut your stuff. Mm -hmm. And then I got the call back. And they were like, Hey, come meet, come meet us. Like the select twenty or so kids um mm -hmm. i went to like audition with the agency or like with the people in charge um and then actually uh, yeah it must have been like elementary school because i think i even had like blonde highlights because oh <laughs> they wanted me to get they wanted me to cut my hair and i had long hair so it must have been like maybe fifth grade or fourth or fifth grade because mm -hmm. at the time i was competing in martial arts so that was the conflict in multiple conflicts. They wanted me to cut my hair. I didn't want to do that. Wanted me to dye my hair back. Didn't want to do that either. And most importantly, I was competing in martial arts. And I think I was probably still playing football at the same time. So I was doing two sports uh, and then modeling. Like if I wanted to pursue that at all, um, would have taken up a lot of my time. So I was more into sports than I really thought that I could be a model. Mm -hmm. and at the time, honestly, I don't, if I look back, honestly, like I think they were just messing with me and having fun because that, that I could not see myself as a kid modeling 
because I was a football player. Mm-hmm. Like I was not, mm-hmm. I don't think what you think a model would look like, I definitely was not what you would think it would be, should mm-hmm. be. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, now That's maybe funny. if I have a chance, if you know anybody, tell me he'll figure, tell oh them about God. my story. Well, I definitely know some people, but at the same time, <laughs> I don't know how many times I encourage people to get into modeling. Like even though that was my life for so, so long, like 15 yeah. something years, I don't really ever push people into it. Cause I'm kind of like, eh. You've got your own thing going on. It's uh, it's mm. not it's not the most. But it's like a very interesting time now, though. Like modeling is so is a little bit more broad, more open mm-hmm. and yeah. welcoming mm-hmm. than it has been in the past. Yeah. I think. That's right? absolutely true. If I'm true. wrong. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Because it used to be very, very straight and narrow of what you had like to be specific. Oh yeah. yeah. And um, I actually like that it's changed because it's not the same kind of like requirements that it used to be, especially for like people who are interested in getting into it. I always, I'm like, you can kind of. There are no rules now. It's the wild west. People mm. can make their own place for themselves in the industry, however they want. Influencers, whatever. But like mm. back when I started, it was like you have to be these things, and if you're not, yeah. then you're not going to get the contract. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So it was very like, would you like cutthroat? If I had to define it, it was very oh, yeah. like cutthroat, very intense. Yeah, and like and contracts are like airtight, and like you have things that mm. you have to do, and it's like you know there was a story with my old agency of how we like I mean they would go through every quarter of the year and see like who was making what and be like okay if you're not at the quota then you're out and so it's like it was just very like I mean it was a business and like I think when you're brought up in that and you see yourself as a commodity it's a totally different animal than like oh I'm looking cute in a picture here and there you know yeah 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 the only comparison I would give that or could relate to is uh just playing football because the higher you go up, like the more business it gets. So even mm-hmm. just playing in college was much more business oriented. Like we have to win games. We have to uh, put on a show for the alumni and for like the do- like the the donors and people like that. You know, like mm-hmm. it was a uh, yeah. If you didn't have a, like a, if you didn't have a winning season, then coaches' jobs were on the line, kind of thing. So mm-hmm. like that was an experience I had just being able to play a little bit in uh, in college, playing football in college. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you were, okay, so uh, what did you shoot? Or like, what did you model for? You said everything. Because like c- catalog, runway. All of it. I mean, I did, like, I think you can name every magazine that there is that you know on the newsstands that I probably worked for them. Um, I did lots That's of awesome. covers and I did um, beauty, I did like makeup campaigns and hair wow. and fashion spreads and runway shows and ads and everything i mean i I, the only thing i never did was like a vogue editorial i mean i my picture Mm -hmm. was in vogue for other things for like advertorials and stuff but not Mm -hmm. as like a vogue editorial but i pretty much did Mm -hmm. everything and i worked with everyone like if you say a name in the fashion industry i'm like yeah i probably like i work with like anna wintour or chanel or like l and like everything like Mm -hmm. this was just like my life so and that kind of comes with the territory when you're with a really good agency you're constantly yeah, yeah. shooting like you know every week you're doing a couple shoots so like you end up working for everyone yeah so what is it what's the 100 questions vogue when oh, they go and interview yeah, somebody I love and that. yeah i wish i had done that that was more for no? like celebrities and stuff but yeah oh uh, uh, next episode podcast episode we're gonna do 100 questions i love that that's why <laughs> i love watching those they're you so great do it? Let's yeah do it. i would um, love okay, to do look, that my apartment this is what we're gonna do yeah, yeah. all right we're gonna do I'm, I'm gonna post it you're gonna post it we'll do uh ask you anything and then we'll tally up to 100 questions that's our totally. goal i love next it podcast already yeah, okay cool I'm, I'm serious this that's is gonna great. be that's gonna be fun um all right that's cool so man 
Okay, so when did you fall in love with running, though? Like, it sounds like modeling was really, really busy. You were traveling, shooting all the time. Um, when, like, so actually, take a step back. When you, when you were growing up, did you play any sports? No, <laughs> I didn't play anything ever. Okay. Nothing athletic. Um, I was also, when I was in high school, because I was working so much and, like, traveling, whatever, I couldn't be on a team. I, I didn't want mm. to be on a team, but I also, like, couldn't be on a team because I couldn't commit to, like, going to games or doing games or whatever. Um, yeah. And it was actually really discouraged by different people in the industry that were in charge of my career to, like, build muscle, too. So they were like, don't. Okay. It wasn't. The way we think about fitness now and like staying fit and healthy, it was like the opposite. It was more just like, don't get too buff or like if you run too much, you might change your hip measurements. And like that was like discouraged. Um, so it was really weird. Yeah. But um, looking back, I'm like, OK, that was that was stupid. But um, but so I didn't I couldn't ever be on a team in high school or commit to the time requirements of it. And I just wasn't really an athlete in general. But mm -hmm. um, I so yeah I never played anything like that but then I found running when oddly by way of yoga because I okay. was really into yoga when I first moved to New York City on my own and I got attached to this yoga studio where I started practicing every single day and that was the first time I'd ever like really moved my body and done like anything remotely physical and yeah. it was kind of like this weird transition from doing yoga every day to suddenly my yoga studio was shut down for um hurricane sandy which is really random but like the hurricane okay. like the the whole city was shut down and i was like well what can i do if i'm not going to go to yoga and then i went on my first real run and then from then i was like okay i'm hooked and like just kind of kept wow. running every single day but yeah how did you get into yoga um so i i was just walking down the street and this person had a flyer and said like do you want to come do a free yoga class and i said okay and then that was i did that and then every single day i went back so i, I wow. just jumped right into it but and you went from like beginner yoga yeah to, and like, worked my way up. to a teacher mm -hmm. yeah i got really invested in it and um learned everything i possibly could and uh about anatomy and just i got really involved with the, the yoga community mm -hmm. and yeah, that was a really cool way to like get introduced to like, like how the body works from like an mm -hmm. inside out way, like muscle groups and stuff, and mm -hmm. um, and even just spiritual connectivity, like learning about oh, yeah. that stuff, like that like mindfulness, mind, mind and body, yeah, yeah, meditation, yeah. Did you have to? Because you have to study, right? Like, there's a courses yeah. you have to get. Mm -hmm. Is it you have to get certified to be yeah. a yoga mm -hmm. instructor, yeah. right? I went yeah. through a course and then um, in person at a studio called Yoga to the People one summer. And uh, that was really amazing because we had a chance to practice teaching in front of classes of 60 something people. So like you mm -hmm. really learn how to teach because you're in front yeah. of all these people and um, you get lots and lots and lots of practice. But yeah, so I learned I learned a lot from that. Um, but yeah. that was my first like that was my segue into being a physical like in touch with my body. And then that evolved into the running. Like that was basically your intro to being an athlete. Exactly. Like, yeah, like without. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so when you went on your first run, where did you go? How far did you go? How fast were you running? And what, what about it said that you, made you think, I love this, I want to continue to do this? Well, I had, okay, so occasionally over the years, I had tried to like maybe go on like a jog or something here and there. I'd be like, oh, maybe I'll go do a little 10-minute jog or something. But I never yeah. did like a real run. Whereas that day that the yoga define, student define define real run well like anything more than like a mile like I never okay. really did like uh, like a run run because I didn't even know yeah, that yeah. that was like I thought it was kind of bad for you like I truly thought like oh impact like that like running yeah running I didn't know bad, yeah. 
and I also I was brought up in a way to think that like that was kind yeah. of the rhetoric um, growing muscles, up muscles hip, hip measurements all the all that stuff yeah it like, is like wasn't out, it could change yeah it wasn't like encouraged so I just didn't really like mm-hmm. put very much into that but then <laughs> oh yeah. trust me me growing up running wasn't encouraged either really nah, it was pretty no nope, no nah, it was playing football oh, oh yeah well like <laughs> for me I'm like oh I just need to play football I don't need to run I just need to be able to play football so like running I don't need to do that I don't need to do a track workout I see. or a mi- run a mile no I don't need to do that I just need to be able other, to yeah. hit the hit the guy in front of me you know That's go funny. tackle the guy with the ball interesting that was my mindset at least growing up um, yeah I feel that but yeah so but now yeah so I mean yeah when you brought up that way like to not run or, you know, it could yeah, be bad for you. Or it like, wasn't really my thing, but then when I, <clears throat> so I should really mention that, like, you know, the same time that Hurricane Sandy shut down and the studio was closed, so were my modeling jobs. So I, it was the same, the, oh. at the same time, I had no shoots, they were canceled. And I had, it was the first time in my adult life, I had no shoots on the books and I had no yoga studio to go to. So I went to the treadmill in my gym, um, in my apartment. I had an apartment with a gym or whatever, and I was like, I'm just going to see how long I can run at one time because I didn't even know. Okay. And yeah. that first run was like, that first real run without stopping was 10 miles. And I think I probably did like a six miles, per, like 10-minute mile. Like it was nothing. I think it took oh, okay. me about like an hour and a half or something or maybe like a nine-minute mile. And um, but so, but that was the first time I ever ran like a long time without stopping, an hour and a half. Yeah. And um, it was slow and steady. Like, it wasn't, like, anything crazy. But then I... You weren't tired, like, super tired or, like... I was, and I remember thinking, I remember thinking, this is really hard. But then the feeling that I got after, where I was like, wow, I just ran 10 miles. I just want to try to do that every day. And so literally Mm -hmm. went from 10 miles in an hour and a half to then just, like, working my way down to try to run 10 miles in under an hour. And I was like, that was, like, Mm -hmm. little, like, goals like that. I was like, I just want to try to run 10 miles in an hour. And like, so I went from like a nine minute mile to a six minute mile over the course of like two years. And then mm-hmm. from there, that's when people were like, hey, I think you should try to run a race. And then I like, mm-hmm. then I started to enter that whole world where it was like mm-hmm. racing and like seeing how my times compared to other people and mm-hmm. started to do track. And uh, yeah, like then it just like took this whole other turn. That's like when it took off pretty much. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> when you took off mm-hmm. so fast. <laughs> exactly. So, so fast. So many puns on this episode. I <laughs> I loved it. <clears throat> so, okay, when you were training or like when you got into running, were you of the habit of running every day or did you like take breaks or how, how did you start? How I ran every study? day for years. I did like a streak by without even knowing that's what it's called. Um, I just yeah, yeah. after I ran that first 10 miles, I think I ran 10 miles every single day for like two years straight. Like I just nice. didn't. Didn't I, I, I couldn't even think of a day that I took off. But then when I got more serious about training, um, mm-hmm. I learned the value of hard days hard, easy days easy, taking a rest mm-hmm. day, like all that stuff. Because I didn't know like different ranges. I just ran mm-hmm. every day fast and like that, like yeah. I would like, tr- you know, the same effort every day. And it wasn't. Tell me about it. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now I know, I know a little bit more than I used to. But before it was like <clears throat> it, it was I had a very similar intro to running on the treadmill and like wanting to push yourself and Mm -hmm. like falling in love with the sport first or like an intro to the love of it because uh it was hard because Mm -hmm. it was challenging Mm -hmm. so like like i said just never i was never a runner growing up and so the first time i stepped on the treadmill i didn't i knew it was gonna suck and then it was that the after effect um that runner's high that you're like i just ran for an hour or i just ran eight miles or six mm-hmm. miles i think even at the time I, w- I like ran the first time on the treadmill 
post-college, uh, like, yeah, probably like three miles or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, maybe 30 minutes. I really don't know how long it took me, but I knew that um, it was going to hurt and like it was it was a little challenging. And plus, I wanted to challenge myself a little bit because the whole premise of me getting on the treadmill in the first place was training for a football tryout. Mm. Um, so I wanted to like I needed I needed that push anyway to get back in shape, to get faster and try out for like a different position that I, I was so used to playing growing up, which I needed re- required me to be quick and fast. Mm-hmm. So like I, I dedicated my time to do that, try to do that on the treadmill and train my body to be that way with running. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but yeah, it was that progression. So like, I didn't start off doing 10 miles, you know, like that's cool. That's so cool to be able to do that. I don't even, I don't think I physically could have done it when I started running. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, d- I just don't think it was, it could have been possible aside from me walking any kind of jogging and running. I don't think my body was physically capable of running 10 miles. Mm-hmm. The first time I stepped on the treadmill, three miles was just as satisfactory though. Mm-hmm. For me, it was like my own personal accomplishment. And then from there, so you had that goal of uh, like running X amount of miles in a certain time and then over a period of time getting faster doing that same amount of miles, right? Mm-hmm. So my, my whole mindset was get a little bit faster and go a little bit farther than I did the day prior or mm-hmm. any which way the small goals mattered, like fi- finishing a mile five seconds faster and then the next day being able to run a quarter, quarter mile farther, like mm-hmm. those small micro challenges and goals, what propelled me to like continue to run to where I am today mm-hmm. um that's cool yeah and so okay so after the hurricane like when the when things kind of settled a little bit did you start getting back into modeling or did you know then and there that you wanted to pursue running more well, and take more of your yeah time? I mean I'm still a model sign with the agency so it's never like I I never officially was like I quit Stopped. modeling I okay. still like I mean last week I was modeling I made my like still making a like some living there like make a living okay. doing that but um, I just, ch- I'm more, I choose what I want to do. Like, I don't go out yeah, and castings yeah. and stuff. But um, but I in that moment, I had, like, it wasn't like, oh, I'm running 10 miles today in 90 minutes. I'm going to be a runner now. I didn't, like, show any kind of potential as, like, an athlete yet. But yeah. um, I just, I did use running as this way to, like, balance out my toxic, not, I shouldn't say toxic, but my hectic life of just, like, lots of go, 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 like, not knowing who I was, but getting attached to my body in a different way and really like using that to make me feel strong and confident from the inside out versus what my modeling career did, which was the opposite. And Mm -hmm. so it was kind of like this like intersecting shift or thing that happened behind the scenes of, oh, I'm running faster and faster every single day. My version of me on set as a model is becoming less my worth and my worth is now Mm -hmm. becoming how fast I am. And I don't necessarily think that's the healthiest thing either because, like, obviously there's going to be some day when I'm not the fastest <clears throat> version of myself, so I can't get yeah, too yeah. attached to that. But I can say, okay, you know, there are a lot of models out there. There's a lot of five foot ten blonde, blue-eyed girls um, who have all these pictures of themselves, but how many of them can run on any given day, like, you know, 10 miles at a six-flat pace? That's something that I feel really confident and makes me feel yeah. good about, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. No, for sure. I, I mean... <laughs> I mean, yeah, you definitely, you for sure stand out. Like that's that's a good thing. It's you know, there, yeah. Like you, I think what you, what you've been able to accomplish for yourself and your story is definitely an interesting one and one that you should be proud of for sure. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure like there is a five ten 
<laughs> blue-eyed blonde girl model out there that's like looking look, looking to you right now and be like oh i like to run too and then mm -hmm. that's like the influence that mm -hmm. you have on that one person yeah i think the, i think also <laughs> my my hope is too for models to like see that they can find the thing that makes them what what makes them happy doesn't necessarily have to have anything to do with what they look like because we get taught mm -hmm. oh, yeah. that our worth is a lot to do with how we look and then you know i'm just uh, like yeah. distance yourself from that it's toxic yeah, it's yeah. terrible but yeah, yeah. It's, that's yeah that's like a that's a downward spiral when you get yeah. into that headspace and that yeah. mindset mm -hmm. um i mean yeah i, I talk I like that's something like it wasn't a traumatic experience but even being like in fifth grade being like i don't look anything like what you see on the posters there's no way i can model for this brand when i'm mm -hmm. in elementary school tommy will figure you know like the, it's that negative perception that like got into me as a kid and i'm like i don't look this way i can't do this and then in actuality and even now in modern and today society it's like oh actually maybe you do might have a shot if you wanted to but like this it's that's another that's another podcast episode mm -hmm. we can talk about um okay so so okay so when did you get like really serious about running when did you know that you wanted to compete that you wanted to sign up for a race did, at the time were you really training were you part of a team and then what was your first race and how was that experience so my sister so i was telling my family and my sister and stuff that i had been running like these like crazy times and my sister got me a membership for new york Roadrunners for christmas and oh, cool. she gave me just, and I was, I was like, I don't really, I don't even want this. Cause I wasn't really that crazy about the idea of races or anything, but I saw there mm -hmm. was a um, female half marathon um, in spring. So she got it for me for Christmas. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe I'll do this like half marathon in April. And I signed up for it, the More Shape Half. And that was my very first like real race. And I came in overall eighth place, 123 at the half. Um, out the gates, I was wearing, like I didn't do any kind of training or taper, I just was running my normal thing or whatever, like my normal yeah, routine. Yeah. And then that race, um, this coach, James Chu, who you know for Brooklyn Shot Club, he came up to me and was like, hey, I, I think that you have a lot of potential. Like the fact that you ran like a 123 half, like with, because I, I didn't have a team or affiliation or anything, yeah. it was just like a random person. With with minimal training, being right. able to with run no that specific, is impressive. Yeah, thank you. And like with no specific training or no taper, nothing. I just jumped into mm -hmm. it like it was any other day. And yeah. um, so then he told, he kind of like showed me the way. He's like, well, what if you tried mm. a track workout for the first time and like, I didn't really believe him. So this was like, that was at that race. That was 2016. Then it took another two years to actually get on the track. And it took two years yeah, to actually yeah. join Brooklyn Track Club and start doing track workouts and learn that stuff. Because I just was like, I don't know about this. I just want to run my own way. And I didn't really get it. Mm -hmm. But then yeah, yeah. once I started doing track workouts, um, everything changed. And that was when I really started to like break some barriers and I mean, that's what led to like the sub 17 minute 5K and the 34, 37, 10K and the 117 mm -hmm. half and like being able to just like really chip down and get closer and closer to the Olympic trial standards for the yeah. marathon and the 10K. So. I was just about to ask you that. How, how far away are you right now from those uh, times? So my half time um, indicates that I could run the Olympic trial standard for the full marathon for sure. Like a 117 half equates to like a 240 marathon or 241. Yeah. And like the standard is 245. So, uh, like, you know, it feels like it's within in, reach. In, in theory, yeah, if you do the math right, yeah, like you could do it. Have you tried, you've tried out, you tried to do it, right? Well, so my first first and only real marathon um, was when I, I started doing track workouts like a six months beforehand and um this was okay. in 2019 
So I started doing track workouts and then leading up to that, to the first marathon. But as everyone knows with marathons, like if you've never done one before and it's your very first time, you obviously know this. Like I just, I literally just experienced this yeah. last it's Monday. It's a so. totally different animal. So it's yep. like to, to learn, I, I had a lot of, I did a 255 on that. That was my first ever stab, but I bombed. Like, I mean, if you look at my splits, it was like halfway through, I just bombed, but oh, yeah. Man. Yeah, so it's like I, it was a big learning experience. But then the funny thing is, is like in that process of not um, hitting my goal, I got really serious about track and working on mm. my 5K and my 10K. And that's mm-hmm. when with my 10K time of like 34 and a half minutes, that's two minutes away from the OTQ for 10K. And that's something that like I was like, oh, God, well, maybe I just like try for the 10K. <laughs> and so yeah. that's like now I feel like I'm in this a weird limbo place where I I'm just going to focus on the marathon this coming season and then next season that it's going to be go back to the 10k i'm going to kind of go back and forth between 10k marathons mm-hmm. until i hit at least one before 2024 yeah. <laughs> something's gonna hit yeah you throw you throw enough darts at the board some well like one's gonna hit the bullseye you know um mm-hmm. that's so cool yeah i i feel correct me if i'm wrong is that you feel like you're in a stage of like there's so much potential and you're so close to like hitting these times and hitting these goals that you're like right there like you can mm-hmm. see the finish line Oh, yeah. It's a matter of like racing, training, consistency, mm-hmm. and like you'll you'll hit it. You're gonna hit it. Like the mm-hmm. mindset. I you're have gonna it. Hit it. You're gonna it's hit it. there's a confidence that comes with racing enough and seeing the other people you're racing with who have done the thing. Like there are people that I've raced mm. halves with that like I'm like you know either I'm ahead of them or I'm with them and they've ran in the Olympic trials and I'm like okay well yeah. if they did it and I'm right here or like ahead yeah, of them yeah. I feel like we're it's there and so then that's like that's a confidence builder because it's different mm-hmm. than just saying that's what I want to do I'm like no 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 like yeah. I have I have some times that show that I can and like yeah. and even just the workouts like doing a long run and knowing you're hitting your race pace like this many times it's like mm-hmm. nothing is there until you actually race it but it's feeling feeling more yeah. and more like there's like the blocks are being put in place to like build yeah. that but it's it's like evidence it's like okay like it's knowing yeah like I am you know this, like I'm not that that honed in on numbers, but like numbers to some degree, especially in performance, they matter. Like mm-hmm. metrics to some degree do matter. Um, and so like I I'm, I can relate so much to running next to people who are like competitive athletes or they have won a, like races and, you know, they've hit certain times. Like mm-hmm. so when I when I started to run with um, Adidas runners in New York City, like the the guys that were running in the front group that were running the farthest and the fastest were um like competitive runners like that competed in college ran in college you know like won races and you name it like they are known athletes and known runners Mm -hmm. um to some degree and like when i started it was a matter of like just keep up with them like i didn't care about number but numbers but it was like if i can if i can hang for however long that was a success and like a goal accomplished for me. Mm-hmm. And I did that long enough that eventually it was like, okay, these long runs and I can hang and I'm not that tired or like I'm not getting as gassed or as winded. And like my, I built up my endurance, my stamina. I pretty much built up my athleticism as a runner. And over time I was able to be like, okay, I can actually, I can hang. Like I can run with mm-hmm. these groups and like run with these, you know, competitive athletes. And like, they are the ones hitting these times and winning these races. And 
it's like just that small satisfaction of being able to be in the same boat as them, mm-hmm. even for a workout or even for totally. a, a fraction of a race. Like if we did a 5K and I hung, I hung around for the, a half a mile or two miles, maybe, you know, like yeah, I can, I can yeah. do it a little bit. Yeah, I definitely, that's so relatable. And like, that's something that I still do to this day. Like I, to push myself to be better, I surround myself with better athletes mm-hmm. to m- force me to be better. Huge, yeah. When are we going to run together? I don't think we've ever uh, ran together. I don't want to run with you. No, I'm Why just not? kidding. I'm just kidding. I want to run with you. I Actually, don't, I, don't. I will totally admit that, like, your buildup for Boston, I was looking at your – obviously, I see you every time you run in, like, Strava. Like, I see your posts and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I just think it's funny because um, I saw – okay, I'm not trying to say you bombed, but, like, I saw the buildup and I was I like – he could like be like I don't know I coach athletes and stuff and I can kind of see where people are at and I was thinking like you could get you could get within reach of like a pretty ambitious time goal but that then mm-hmm. when you didn't hit the mark I was like huh I wonder what it went down because I know that feeling where it's like yeah. that's that's not the that's not the time I was expecting from you but yep yeah yep. but it's all good I mean now, it's a learning it, it experience. A, I mean yeah for sure but that goes back to that first time you ran a marathon and like you fell short of your goal but yeah. that's like that comes with experience like there especially with an ambitious goal like mm-hmm. my, I'll say it like my goal was to run a sub three hour marathon. I know yeah I really and thought you could like yeah you had that so but. you see I think I have the, the potential is there that's the thing like I can see it in it's an arm's reach for sure I, mm-hmm. I feel it I think I can get there it's a matter of doing things properly and right so I'm also in this stage uh I feel like so similar to you when um when you were like introduced to Brooklyn Track Club and you coaches were like, hey, if you train this way, you could probably be this much better. Or like mm-hmm. you could do this differently and, and progress in a certain way. And you were an, like not anti doing things right, but you were questioning like, eh, I just want to, or saying I, I feel better if I just run my way. Mm-hmm. So for a long time, basically my like three, four years of running, it's always been like my way. Mm-hmm. I've just really kind of figured it out. I, I you know, like one, I, I really taught myself the intro to running. Then when I joined other groups and kind of training programs, even though I wasn't necessarily following them, I would pick out pieces of information and, and mm-hmm. like little details and nuggets of like experienced runners that they would have and be like, okay, they're, they're fueling this way. They're tapering this way. They do this t- kind of track workout, this tempo run, this progression run, you name it. I can pick out little, little things in, in the, with the experience of running and then apply them to like how I want to run. Mm-hmm. So I won't really follow a team or follow a program, but I can apply it into what makes me feel like I got a good workout. Mm-hmm. And so that was my method, not really training leading into Boston. So then now it's like the what if game, even though I don't like to play it, it's like, what if I did it properly? What if I tapered? What if I had a proper coach? What mm-hmm. if I had a training plan mm-hmm. and a strategy for Boston? Like, what could I have done? And oh, yeah. so now I'm at that stage where, like, you eventually were like, okay, I'm going to do my first track workout. Now I'm at that stage where I'm like, okay, I'm going to ask for help. some help, some yep. advice. Mm-hmm. I'm going to see if I can talk to a coach. I'm, like, going to yeah. start doing training a little bit more properly. Still unconventional. Like, it'll be very hard to get out of my way, as stubborn as I am. Mm-hmm. But I will take, like, I will acknowledge, and I definitely have a, a better appreciation for marathoners, marathon training, and everything that goes into race day. Mm-hmm. Like I, now I haven't experienced it, I, I have a com- total different mindset and I've always respected the runners and like everything that goes into racing. I have a newfound respect though, like an added layer, something that I wouldn't have experienced not running a marathon myself. Now mm-hmm. that I have, I have that different kind of mindset and respect for 
the whole process. Totally. Um, yeah. So like even now, like today, <clears throat> so if I had a strategy, uh, like the times and the miles I would have hit, like the times and the pace I would have ran today, I went out and I ran like, I mean, I ran a sub seven, like 650 pace for eight, eight or so miles, like to see how mm -hmm. it feels. Mm -hmm. And then I'm so Boston is interesting because of the course, the rolling hills. And I'll say the rolling hills and humidity, a combination of the two with a little bit of me not properly preparing all fell into play when like into place for me to to like hit that wall at mm -hmm. the halfway point. Mm -hmm. But I, for me, again, the potential is I feel like it's there. So I went out like today and I ran. I mean, I run on a flat like route every day. So I was not training for hills. But even today running on a flat route, I'm like at 650 pace and I'm mm -hmm. kind of I'm like cruising. I like yeah. got in the groove and I'm like, if I could do this two more times, eight miles, you know, yeah. two more times, I'm solid. But mm -hmm. yep, it's, so I don't. Yeah. Yeah, good. It's just like a thing about like the actual structure of training. Like what I'm realizing, too, with the marathon is that like that extra like the 20 20 to 26 or like that part having mm -hmm. like such a crazy base to then like hold the speed for a long time is a whole other thing than just running for mm -hmm. an hour every day but that's yeah, yeah. i mean i'm learning that i mean like it's like the, the marathon is like this whole other big animal it's crazy to like learn how to attack it but yeah. Have you ran Boston before? No, I've only ran one marathon, and that was CIM. Um, so that's been my only really? experience. Yeah, that was my one really? only. Yeah. Oh wow, but okay. So you're coming back though for round yeah. two. That's what you have coming up next, yep. right? Seven weeks, um, and I have given away my training, or like I've put my training into the hands of someone else to like guide me. Um, and this okay. person is a mentor who she's done the thing she's very fast she's a legend um and she basically has taken me under her wing and has just given me a plan and i'm just following it and mm -hmm. we're the way we're talking the way okay so she knows i'm very out there with my story and with my running and with like my adventures and stuff and she has this uh presented me with this idea of keeping all of my workouts and my stuff private so like basically like mm. people know i'm running and they can see on my strava like today i did like 11 miles at a 659 pace they but they don't know what the workout is and they uh, don't know yeah. like what like my intervals were because i did a speed workout today so you know i was like at 5 mm. 520 pace for some of that whatever but like the the thing that she's helping me see is like it's kind of nice because like we live in a world where everyone's just like we put our workouts out there it's kind of cool to do the exact opposite and have things <laughs> sacred <laughs> And I think, yeah, like, for yeah, me, yeah, it's yeah, kind of yeah. cool yeah. because, like, you see my – you see I'm running, but you don't know what I'm doing. And also, yep. I had no idea – like, th just, like, it's very interesting to, like, go about it that way where it's, like, really just between me and I I can have a confidence knowing, like, what I'm hitting and not having it really compare to anyone else. But, yeah. yeah. Oh, man, I totally – I love that. I relate to that so much. I mean, you probably already see it with me. Like, you know – you might not know exactly what I'm doing, but you know I'm always up to something. Like yep. that's my whole that's my whole thing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, like never not working. I'm always doing something. Oh, uh, yeah. And I love, but I love it's the it's not just like the the privacy of it. It's like knowing just like you're in it for you. Like you're not in it for show. Yep. Like you know what I mean. Like you're not yeah. you're not. Yeah. Like it it doesn't really matter. I think that that speaks to you as a person and also as an athlete to like hold that sacred to yourself is that like this is just as important to you 
and like it's not necessarily that you don't want to share it with other people but it's a it's a huge part of you that like you're just dedicated to it right now yeah and i'm sure like eventually you might enlighten people or others or close friends family coaches you name it like Mm -hmm. eventually you but it's like people right now are seeing the end results of a workout they're not seeing the process Mm -hmm. and so like then and then but like the end result too and when it comes race day is that you're going to race that marathon again and get that time and yeah and the thing is i think i'm going to have less pressure on my shoulders like just the way that i'm doing stuff very solo and i i think that i'm like taking it back to like what my real intentions are and not trying to Mm -hmm. be like I don't know it's like an ego thing too it's like stripping Mm -hmm. myself of like what i think i should be doing or it's 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 a really good practice and i'm actually really excited Mm -hmm. about it and even my workout today i was feeling like oh like this is so awesome and it was like kind of validating to think and like no one knows but me and like the person Mm -hmm. who is like telling me how to do these workouts but yeah 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 or even see like that's so simple and like that that goes back to what i did today like i was testing the waters at me running marathon pace for an hour mm-hmm. or just for eight That's eight great. miles or mm-hmm. so you know like no one know that people see the t- splits they see the workout but they don't know that like my intention going into it and how i felt was je- like my whole purpose for the workout today was test the waters see how you feel marathon pace um, even after running Boston a week ago, you yeah. know, like mm-hmm. that's what, what was my attention. It wasn't just running fast or running eight miles. It was like, there was purpose to the workout. Um, and no one is going to see that until now me explaining it and telling you in the totally, show. Totally. Totally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so how do you feel right now going seven weeks out of, um, uh, marathon? I feel fresh. <laughs> I feel ready, ready to go. Like I, I definitely, um, like you could go tomorrow if you wanted to. Mm, I would say I could probably go in like three weeks because I still have to log some of these really long runs. Like I'm doing, mm-hmm. I, have to, I have this weekend, I have 18 on deck um, for like a long, long run, like two and a half, two, two hours and 15 minutes or whatever. But um, mm-hmm. like that, I have, I have to put that in my legs, like the volume. But other than that, um, I do feel like I have a really, really strong base and yeah, that's, awesome and so it's also just like maintaining without peaking like you don't want to be like you don't want to burn yourself out too soon and like overshoot and then go too fast in the workouts and then suddenly be like really maxed out by the time it's race day but Mm -hmm. um but yeah i feel i definitely feel like i have i have it like if i just keep doing the work you know yeah like trusting the process Mm -hmm. pretty much so but you're training solo right now, yeah. right? Or mm-hmm. are you kind of training with a team or So other I'm peers? affiliated with Brooklyn Track Club, the team. But right. I, um, because of my plan and, like, what I'm, like, trying to focus on right now, just a little I'm just different. doing my own thing. And I think that, yeah. like, sometimes that's, like, when it's track season, like, next spring, I'll be back on the track, mm-hmm. like, with the teammates. But it's, yeah, yeah. like, that's really great for that. But I think for marathon training, for, like, the different kind of workouts and stuff, I'm just kind of for focusing your, on your my own thing. Per- personal goal yeah and like personal workouts yeah that, like so have you the reason i ask is because have you trained with the team before like even if they're uh, trying to go before for different Brooklyn goals oh well oh, i mean just I mean, in, for any race yeah yeah for so a when 5K, I, 10K last spring half. last spring i was with those girls um like leanne and everybody um like yeah. hannah and brie we were training every single week um and that got me to my sub 17 5k and that got me mm-hmm. to my 34 and a half 10k like that was because we were just doing track together every single week and for the shorter distances i think it makes a lot of sense but i think um the speed work that i'm doing now is a little bit longer interval it's not the same as like 16 400s and like i love Mm -hmm. those workouts but and there'll be a time and a place for that i think later in my marathon training but like for right now i'm not doing those as much or i'm doing like 
my recovery isn't just standing rest it's like running recovery for three and a half minutes or something yeah, so yeah. like it's it's a different kind of workout it's just a different program pretty yeah. much yeah the how, how how i mean we talked a little bit about head headspace and and mindset do you feel like mentally strong even when training by yourself like, yeah. uh, like for example for me i said i would never really properly train for boston but yet my mentality was uh, more personal and it was like in a way i'm training for boston like we kind of mm-hmm. i'm following a program with the team but i'm i'm kind of not and when it came down to like to performance it was like i needed to push myself to run this far for this fast do this type of workouts and like kind of train myself a little bit so it was a little more personal i didn't really have like like next i would love to train with the team and train on performance and so like i'm asking you now is it a little different training by yourself and getting in that headspace to like you you can only hold yourself accountable even well, with a coach i think because my running always started alone like i was already like i um, always trained alone and then i like briefly kind of did some track stuff and that's always fun but like i kind of like always go back to like the lone wolf thing Mm-hmm. And I like it because I use my running for other things. Like I use running to like listen to music I really like or like I listen to podcasts and stuff and I love that. Like that's my time yeah. to like listen to stuff. So and, like, listen to all the episodes, all the episodes that I've produced and like you like <laughs> up and coming podcasters and you're like, stay for the stories. Stay for the stories. I yeah, yeah, exactly. Cool. Um, but cool, no, cool. I um, I listen to like all kinds of stuff when I'm running and I don't, I don't know. I, I love the, lo- the loneliness of it. Like it, mm-hmm. it's like what makes me so happy. And I also... <laughs> I like, I like myself. So I'm like, I'm kind of, I'm all good wow. with like the, like being at, oh, being at good. the gym yeah. on the treadmill with the blinders up. Like I'm, that's my, my happy place. Mm. All of the el- eligible bachelors, you heard it here first. Oh, um, she God. likes herself. So don't even, I'm yeah, that's a sad aspect of my life. Like I've got, <laughs> I've got the career, like had this awesome wow. career running is great. Don't get me started on love. It's, a point it's cuffing season it's, it's bay season <laughs> now like this is how we're gonna end the podcast by cuffing the way this is it. we're gonna talk about um yeah so uh lucy is single hit Jesus her up on, on instagram i'm just kidding i might cut this part out i might not <laughs> i probably won't um but yes no okay so no anyway open invitation i would love to run with you i think i could hang maybe for like half a mile like, i think we could run together on easy day i mean like a 7 yeah, yeah your easy whatever. day your easy day would be my hard day no for sure. it wouldn't how fast can you run a mile how fast have you ran? i've never raced a mile but i think i can run sub five if i really had to <sighs> but i'm not like the mile is not the i don't i'm not i'm training for a marathon so i mean my uh, yeah. i will say this my easy day pace is probably like an eight minute mile pace so i think we would be fine Wow, my okay. That's also my easy day too. So yeah, so we'd be good. Like I said, I think I have man the potential. I just I really want to. I think you running with you would push me for sure. Like I I would just embarrass myself. Well, let's run together then. Yeah. Um, we'll see. But I run eight eight miles every day. So (laughs) are you down? Yeah. Are you down to do an eight mile run? Yeah, of course. All right. Well, thank you for taking the time. I'm sure a lot of the single guys out there are going to love this episode for you. <laughs> um, now, I'll too, there's a great, great story. I think for sure the history as a, like a model, you know, like, and then your transition over to sports and athletics and even performance and competing, that is a really interesting story. And I'm pretty sure there are many people out there that can relate. So happy that you shared that with me and audiences and people listening. Um, so yeah, Thank you. That was great. You're welcome. Um, I, I had a lot of fun. Yeah, totally. Um, cool. All right. Well, look, I'm definitely going to catch you before you run this marathon. I didn't realize it was like seven weeks away. Um, 
And you're not doing New York City, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people are going to do New York City. Okay. Well. Great. Thank we'll, you. <laughs> we'll touch. We'll touch base again soon. If not, run together. Um. Cool. All right. Well, thank you for taking the time. Any last? Any last? Go ahead and share your podcast, your Instagram. Oh yeah. So you can you find me on. Yourself. You can find me on Spotify or um, Apple Podcasts at uh, the Lucy Beatrix Podcast, and then my Instagram okay. is at l u c i e b e a t r x or at Lucy Beatrix. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. What are What are your three hinge, uh, things? The topic what? things. What? Just share the it here. Things on Hinge? So everyone knows. Of, yeah, yeah. What are they called? App? The prompts. Yeah, oh, yeah, the prompts. Oh, God. Um, what, are your what are your fun facts? What are your, what are your two truths and a lie? And we'll end it there. And then um, my, we'll my, three, put it. my three truths and two, a lie? Yeah. Okay. So, or, or, or no. Two truths and a lie. Two uh, truths and a lie. And then we'll leave it up to people okay. to guess which one is right and wrong. Okay. I've been on the cover of Elle magazine. I've been married. And I have a dachshund. Wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. I think I know the answer to all of these ones. Um, they're anyway. all truths. They're all truths. They're not anyway. all truths. All right. Anyway, okay. All right. All right. All right. Enough well, is enough. Look, that's we it. Closing the episode. <laughs> all right. Well, you know what? Um, thank you again. Thank you to the audience. Stay tuned. More to come. As always, stay for the stories. All right. We're out.